People love to discuss and debate about the greatest of all time in all kinds of different categories. In this series called The Greatest, we're talking about Jesus as the greatest man to walk the earth, his greatest commandment to us, and what living your life that way looks like. We hope you enjoy this series from Apex students called The Greatest, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus. Hey guys! I'm really excited to be here with you today. This is really cool. If you don't know me, my name is Bethany. I, uh, I work here at church, and I also, um, I actually grew up in this church. I was like Mackie and Elizabeth and stuff, so we had a really good time doing worship and dramas and fine arts and going all over the place when I was younger, so... It's really cool to be able to be here with you guys. Um, so tonight, I couldn't think of the right title for my message, what I'm talking to you about. So I just titled it, Look Out. And I don't mean like look out like duck, but I mean like look out. See, there you go. Look out at the world. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to bring you on a little sidebar. We're going to go to a kitty montage. Kitty montage. Only because we just got a new cat. And she's adorable. Her name is Brookie. And if you say, why did you name her after a baked good? Have you never tried Brookies before? Like, thank you. Hallelujah. Um, They are a mix between a chocolate chip cookie and a brownie. Like, you put them together. Whoever like decided to do this is amazing. So anyway, so this is Brookie, and she is about 10 weeks old. She's super sweet. She's feisty. She, ha- she looks like she has like a Brookie on her back, like the coloration. So you can just keep on going. You can uh, admire my, my kitty for a little while. She, uh, the first day she came, she was like really sleepy. So you'll see a lot of sleeping pictures. She was very sleepy. Next, next one. My kids, those are my kids, Caleb and Anna. They were very excited to get her. My, we have another cat who's older. He's the older brother, Benjamin. He was not too impressed with, with Brookie coming in the, in the house, but he's being a good sport. You can go to the next one. And she's just like any other child, and you can barely get a picture of her because she just goes all over the place. So... Her face kind of looks kind of creepy because it's like smushy, but, but she's adorable and we love her. So, all right, kitty montage over. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, now back to business. Okay. So look out. Now, if you're anything like me, you can kind of get wrapped up in your own stuff. You know, like life is busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I can get to the point where I forget to look out at the world around me and at other people's lives and and situations. Um, You know, because it's true that God cares about and loves you, me, as individuals. But at the same time, it's true about everyone else on the planet. He loves them, too. So that's why looking out at the world around you is important. You know, Jesus lived as a man so that not one person on this planet would die without knowing him. But how does something like that happen? I mean, there's 4 billion people in the world, 
So that's like really hard to make that happen, that everybody hears about Jesus. Well, it happens by being something called others minded. And what exactly does that mean? It's what Jesus called the second greatest commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. So Pastor Chris, when I was talking to him about what I might want to talk about, he told me about how you're doing this um, series called The Greatest and stuff like that. And uh, I told him that I wanted to talk about being others-minded and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, oh, that's funny. We're talking about Matthew 22, 37 to 39, which is, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And I said, oh, cool. Well, then I guess that fits. So um, he said, now maybe he put me up to this and he didn't really do this. He's just trying to like poke fun at me or something. But he told me that you guys have been reading this out loud together. So if we can, okay, so he didn't lie to me. That's wonderful. I'm very happy about that. So if we can all read this together, can you guys see that? Okay, if we can all read it together. It's Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, good job, guys. That was really nice. So when I look at these verses, which I in my opinion, I feel are two of the most important verses in the whole Bible because it really sums everything up. Like in those two verses, love God, love yourself, love people. Um, But there are two things that stand out to me. The first one is Jesus puts first things first. He starts with love God with everything you are. Now, don't get anxious about that, okay? Like, don't be like, Uh, love God with everything you are. Like, what is that? How do I do that? It's not like this thing that you have to like get right now. Um, You know, it's loving God with everything takes a long time to learn. Like you learn that throughout your whole life. And I think that God made it that way. So then we would grow throughout our whole lives, getting to know him and getting to be more like him. And in doing so, being able to show his love to others. So, you know, it takes time and effort, but don't let that turn you off to it. Um, Because, like, unlike other things, like maybe sports or academics or even some friendships that you put a lot of time into and then nothing comes of it in the end, that's not what it's like to live your life for Jesus. It's just the opposite. It gets more and more worthwhile the more time that you put into it. So the question is, why would Jesus put this practice, this concept, love God with everything you are before anything else? Well, here's the thing. If you don't love God and let his love teach you what love really is, then, you know, we won't be able to follow through with the second commandment. What was the second part? Love your neighbor as yourself. You have to have the right motivation to love other people. Um, How many of you have brothers or sisters, siblings of any kind? Maybe you have a cousin that's like a sibling to you. Okay. Um, How many of you were best friends from the very start? As soon as you came out, you know, aw, see, I knew David would be like, yeah, that's me. 
Because he has like the best family in the world. They're like just, just the best people. Okay. And, but if you're like me and the rest of you, right, you were not best friends with your siblings. And sometimes maybe even now you might be like, will we ever get along? Will we ever like each other? Well, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. I grew up with an older sister, a younger sister and a younger brother. I know, right? It's like, come on. It's <laughs> so it's safe to say that at least in the case of my older sister and me, we were not besties from the start. So she was four years old when I was born. And um, so I was not a welcome addition to the family. Um, there's one story in particular she loves to tell at fun times of the year, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, vacations, birthdays, you know, whenever she wants to tell it, um, because she thinks it's really funny. And uh, so here it goes. I was about a year old, asleep in my crib, peacefully asleep in my crib. My sister was downstairs watching Sesame Street in front of the TV, very nicely occupied. So my mom decided to take a quick shower. Harmless, right? You know, everybody's doing something, no big deal. So when my mom got out of the shower, she saw my sister in front of the TV still, but I was no longer in my crib. So my mom obviously starts freaking out and frantically searching the house. Um, she could not find me anywhere. So finally, she asked my sister if she knows where I went. And she says, yes. So my mom says, well, can you take me to her? So she said, okay. So she takes my mom outside, behind our house, into the woods, where there was a clearing, and um, there I am, sitting there in my diaper. This is actual footage, people, okay? <laughs> my mom was shocked, but she knew enough to get this on, on, a, on a, a picture. No, it's not photoshopped. This is 100% accurate. So, um, so then she said, you know, why did you put your sister in the middle of the woods? And she said, well, I wanted the Native Americans to take her away so that I would be an only child again. <laughs> so this is 100% a true story. Unlike that photo, okay, people? Um, so after that, my parents kept a much closer eye on the two of us together. Um, now, this just goes to show that we don't typically just naturally pop out of the womb wanting to love others in a truly selfless way, okay? Um, and if we don't have the right guidance or motivation to do that, I would guess that most people don't get to the place where they love their neighbor as themselves, unguided that just doesn't happen. That kind of feeling takes time and even discipline. So let me share the good news of my story. My sister is a great friend to me now. <laughs> we, we do get along, and uh, but it did take a lot of years and healing to get there. Um, but, you know, she's the type of person now, she has a lot of friends that don't have family that don't have people um, around Christmas time that they get to spend time with and they will come to the restaurant where she works and they will just sit and talk with her for hours. And so she makes a list 
of all of these people and bakes thousands of Christmas cookies and gives them to these people so they have something around Christmas time. Like, she is being a neighbor to these people. And for some of these people, that's the only gift that they will get at Christmas, is that tray of cookies. So even though she hated me and she left me in the woods, she turned out pretty good. So there's hope for all of us. Um, But you know what? Another thing that had to change was me. I chose to live my life for Jesus, and I chose to go after the things that are important to him. And one of the biggest things is to love your neighbor as yourself. And guess what? Your siblings are your neighbors. Your parents are your neighbors. Your teachers, the kids at school, the stranger on the street, and yes, the person who lives next door. They're all your neighbors. They are the ones that God tells us to love as much as we love ourselves. So the second thing that stands out to me in this passage is that Jesus doesn't just say, love your neighbor, and that's it, okay? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's very, very important. Listen, I know that the reality is there may be some of us in here that really don't love ourselves very much. We think that, you know, that's all fine and good if God wants me to love other people, but when he asks me to love myself, uh... I don't know if I can really get on board with that. Well, let me tell you, if you don't love yourself, you cannot love others in the right way. Doesn't happen. Think about those three verses again. There's a flow of love, and it goes like this. Love God, love people, love yourself. And if you see, the arrows are pointing to each other. It flows. It goes together. You can't have one without the other. They're all together. As you learn to love God, you learn to love yourself because of how he sees you. And then you can love your neighbor in the best possible way. You know, you might even be going back to that first commandment and having a really tough time with that part, loving God. You know, then just start there. Learn how to love God. Read your Bible. Pray. Talk about Jesus with other people who love him. You know, be friends with people who you know have a really true relationship with him. Including people who are older or more mature in the faith that you are, than you are. You know, I learn a lot about how awesome God is and the things that he does in life by people who are 20, 30, 40, 50, and even more years older than me. I have friends of all ages. And I learn a lot about God because of what they've been through with him and what they have learned from him. So I promise that when you do that, you'll have more in common with those people than you think. And then it will help you grow in your faith. So while you are growing in love with God, you can start to learn more about yourself. Things like God is for you. He's not against you. He sent his one and only son to come to earth for you. God has plans for your good to give you a hope and a future. That's all in the Bible. That's all God's message to you. And when you realize how precious you are to God, you won't be able to help but have a healthy love for yourself. One where you see you 
as a person created in the image of God with a purpose to share the message of hope with those around you. And this is how we become others minded. That is how we love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, there's a lot of like really devastating crappy stuff happening, happening in the world today. But that makes this even more important that we do what we can to be bright spots in a very dark world. You know, it's, and we can do our very best to make the world a better place. At the same time, you know, you can't fix what's wrong on your own. I can't make that much of an impact on the world on my own. But when individual points of light, those of us who love God, who love just like in this, on this map, that's not all just one light. Those are individual points of light that form together to cover an area. That's what our kindness does. We'll make an impact for good. So start with here. Start with what you have in your hands. Start with where you are. Start with your neighbor. So I couldn't end my time with you tonight without mentioning one of my favorite people who taught me how to be a neighbor. And if you're thinking that it's Bob Ross, it's not Bob Ross. I do love Bob Ross. He is one of my favorite people. I feel like he has taught me to be a neighbor too. He's really great. Um, He's one of my favorites. Um, There he is. There's Bob Ross. And Kermit too. Kermit has taught me how to be a neighbor as well. Ah, Sam and Chris are with us. Pastor Chris and Sam are with us. Um, But I'll talk about Bob Ross in another message or something. I don't know. But can anyone else guess who that might be, the person that I love? Well, you know, yes, but he's younger than me, so I haven't known him for my whole life. But he is a good person to, uh, to teach me how to be a neighbor. Anybody else? Pastor Jack, think about, you know, you guys are giving me good answers, but it's not the answer that I'm looking for. Yes, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers. He is one of my favorites. Um, the only thing about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, I would not want to live there because the puppets are really creepy. Like, look at Lady Elaine. Like, what the what? Why? Mr. Rogers, you got so many things right. Why? So, she is the stuff of nightmares, but I still love Mr. Rogers, and I still love Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. So, yes, please, back to Mr. Rogers. Um, You know, pretty much everything, if you don't know a lot about Mr. Rogers, I encourage you to really, like, find out about him, because uh, he was just about being a neighbor. He was, like the best neighbor that you could ever ask for. Um, to him, it was all about spreading the love and doing good to, for other people. So, um, you, you know, he's been dead for over 15 years. And even still, he has a legacy. He has a lasting impact on people who were able to either see his show or, you know, grew up watching his show or even just heard about him. Maybe you haven't even heard about him. I don't know. But um, so I want us all to listen to this quote by Mr. Rogers. 
keeping in mind all that we discussed about um, from Matthew 22, 37 to 39. And start to think about the little practical ways in which we can start to live out these verses. So, Mr. Rogers said, Imagine what our neighborhoods would be like if each of us offered just one kind word to another person. Think of the ripple effect that can be created. One kind, empathetic word has a wonderful way of turning into many. You know, we really have no idea how big a small thing can be to someone. And when we take that time to look out at the world around us in order to take the steps of loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves, there's really no limit to the good that it can do in the lives of others and in our world. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we can be here tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these verses that we can hold in our hearts and that they can help us to live our lives in the best possible way. And God, I just pray tonight that as we think about people who have been uh, good examples of living out these verses, um, loving God and loving ourselves and, and loving neighbors, I pray that you would help us to put that into practice, that you would help us to be a, a, a change agent in our communities and in our world. And God, I pray for every person here that you would just bless them. You would show them your love tonight. You would show them your uh, joy over them. And God, I just pray that you would just help us all to fix our eyes on you and to encourage one another and to love one another, and to just push each other to, in a good way, to just be the best that we can, so that we can change our communities, and we can change our world for the better. And we thank you, God, for giving us the um, everything we need to accomplish this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus.